What's up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the mother-loving geek nation? You're currently tuning into the Cold Pop Podcast live stream, a.k.a. Spoiler Alert, episode 739, where we will review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, uh, Pennsylvania, occupying the community space set aside for those with open hearts and minds who just want to make the world a better place through art and culture. <sighs> Wait, was that open hearts and open minds or open hearts and minds? Open hearts and minds. Minds are closed all the time, so okay. as long as your heart is open... You're in. Uh, I mean, if, it, the... The modifier could be before the two nouns, so open hearts and minds. Oh, sure. Implies. Oh, grammatically, it works fine. I just wanted to be yeah. clear about the status of the minds. Right. Are you, you are know. you, are you fucking with my script? You have a script? Right now? Wait, so, what? What? This isn't just generated, like, off the cuff? I meant, no, I it's meant, completely it's physically my script. Yeah. <laughs> it's cuffed. It's cuffed. Ah! After a few weeks of rotating missing members, we have a full team here today, so let's jump in. First Ooh. up is Len the Bat Tribble. Quick, in your opinion, Len, who's the better artist, George Perez or Jack Kirby? Answers will only be accepted in the form of a rhyme a la Etrigan the Dragon, or the Demon. As much as I love George Perez, I have to say about Kirby that he is his superior because he was there early. That is a <laughs> nice. Kirby and Early, he tried oh, really hard. He's, he's tried. I mean, it's just as good as Etrigan is. That's true. Yeah, Etrigan <laughs> does not spit bars. No. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, making his triumphant return to the show, reigning champion <laughs> Brian Lieb. Brian, what? in 90 seconds or less, uh -huh. presentalism or eternalism? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I would say probably one or the other. Um, <laughs> I don't know, though. But was that reigning? What, give, let me get a spell, a spell check on that reigning. Am I like a reigning champ? Yeah. All right, that's cool. Um, uh, like reigning town. I know how to spell. R-E-I. No, no. Uh, once again, I do not impugn the script. <laughs> I just want to know what... What homonym it is? You're you, just, you, you're just dropping Mike Tyson's I, and Lakers I, and, I know. And, and Patriots on everybody. I swear to God, I, I thought we were going to get a good like 14 minutes of yeah. presentalism versus existentialism. Well, whether thing. Where we are know. now and what we see is real versus what we've experienced. 
Oh, see, I am not familiar with either of those terms. Uh, uh, I, I grabbed like yeah. I grabbed psychology 101. Oh, right on. And just like two theories oh. go. Well, I'll tell you the only there's only two things that I know for sure, and it is that I exist and experience happens. The experience is real, no matter what it is, right? Like, people worry about that sometimes. The Matrix, what if we're in the Matrix? Your experience is still real, guys. Don't set your mind at ease, don't worry. It's just not what you think it is. Illusions still have reality, you know? So, present Yeah, if you say so, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, experience is, is real, and it is all that you know for sure. Hey, Brian, <laughs> shut up. I'm about to um, say, proof, proof <laughs> well, that Brian hasn't been it. here for a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah. because he's like, nothing's going to stop my monologue, even a cooing baby. I'm yeah. going. I'm going for it. Oh, this one is listen. one of my favorite topics, you guys. Like, what can we know for sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Owen Wilson was awesome in that show. Yeah. So, great. And last but not least, a man who's never met a kidney stone he doesn't want to pass. Noel, <laughs> tell the people what you've named your stone, and is it still with you? Uh, he's still with me. It sounds like Noel. Yeah. My spirit animal is Kai. Um, he's still with me, and his name is Zack Snyder. <laughs> My kidney stone I've named Zack Snyder because everything is gray and dull and just overly long. Oh, God damn it. If um, anybody has ever seen the, the old HBO TV show uh, Deadwood, there was one, one um, episode where Swearingen had to um, pass a kidney stone. Now, this is back in the Old West. Having it passed, so all you can do is pass a kidney stone. And the man was crippled cross-eyed for the entire episode mm. trying to pass I remember, the stone. I remember... Um, so, yeah, guys, I have a kidney stone. It's, it's amazing. I love it. Um, uh, I have... I wasn't here last week because I was, I was uh, sweating in bed practically crying and throwing up everything I imbibe. But um, I remember people joking about kidney stones and like, oh, they're really painful. It doesn't really make, you know, well, you'll get them where you won't. It's going to be fine. <clears throat> um, those people are all assholes and no one understands. <laughs> and, then, and, and, um, and also too, I remember the green, the movie, the green mile. Oh, if you remember, yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks, character had like crippling kidney stones uh, throughout the whole first like act of the movie mm-hmm. um, to the point that they even show a scene where he's in so much pain and, and fumbling through his house and like running outside and like on his knees buckling, just trying to urinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, John Coffey grabs his groin and heals it all. So I was just hoping there's some way to do that. Have you let anybody grab your groin and try to heal it? Not yet, uh, but I'm running out of options. Yeah, I mean, just go up to people. You don't know who's magic. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'll just ask. I'll just ask <laughs> to heal my kidney stone. It's only one stone, too. One. Yeah. So it's, it's just one. one. Just tell them it's just one. Just <laughs> it's just one. Who cares? Try it. Try it. Yeah, give you it, don't give know it a, magic either. Come on. Just give, it, it. give it a go. <laughs> okay, so when I do this, though, should I... Should I ask people first? Should I, before yeah, I ask them to grab my... No, no, hang on. No, no, yeah. which question oh, first, though? Oh, okay. Are you magic? Yeah. Or will you grab my stone? 
Uh, I'm so do I say, will you grab my stone? No, 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 wait, wait. I wanted to know if you were magic. Or should I say, are you magic? And then when they're running away, no, 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 I just wanted to know if you can grab my stone. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like there's no way to win. (laughs) Uh, Just so you know, I'm enjoying this so so far. Uh Hurts to laugh, though. So oh, if you I could understand. just bring it down. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just a little, I'm sorry. A little I'm less fun. Let's just. Yeah. Just, uh, I know. I, 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 feel, I feel like everyone also agrees. Just everyone yeah. watching, listening, just. Keep it a, a little just more. A little, uh, just we're at, we're at like an yeah. eight of enjoyment. Let's bring it mm-hmm. to a four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about mm-hmm. things we don't like. We could tamp Let's down that joy. And, um... <laughs> now, I, I really did miss you guys. This sucks. It, um, um. It's it it gets you out of nowhere like you're good for a couple of days and then you're like I'm gonna live in the world again and it yeah. just hits you. <sighs> Last week I was great like Thursday Friday all the way through Saturday and then Saturday night at one a.m. it was just like <clears throat> that's when I, I messaged <clears throat> you guys I'm not gonna make it. <clears throat> <clears throat> so I, I did miss this. I'm in my my room no, though. Yeah, which is no, yeah, no. Can I say? Oh. It looks awesome. Like it's looking really good. And also cerebralis. Uh so I am on my phone since I couldn't find my headphones to talk to. So I that's why I didn't notice where you were. So what are we looking at here in the in the corner? Um uh, so uh, this is my new setup. It's just a very large wall of books, but me go go for go big. No, go big. I'll go big. Nice. Um yeah, so doesn't work kind of works anyway yeah. the cushions in the way but i have a little remote to change the colors back there hmm. and then i've got my little sarah Bareilles pillow which was a gift from my wife who is that oh, that name sounds familiar uh you know what i'm not gonna i'm just looking up she's she's a national treasure so I oh. she's I a national treasure singer songwriter um oh she's a brings, singer songwriter who brings joy to everyone's heart I'm into that, but I don't know a lot about music or the names of singer songwriters. So that's I don't listen. I, to, I don't listen to the musics. Yeah, your tones in sequence. I do not understand. <laughs> Here's my thing about pillows like that, though, because I've thought about getting pillows like that. Like I thought about getting like a Batman pillow for <laughs> for my for my couch over here. Who might know? But I'm weird in that I know that as a pillow gets, you know, over time sat on and smushed on, it's going to become like a little like dingy and dirty yeah. and then the person's face is going to be dingy and dirty It'll be like dark night returns right and i don't want to yeah. look at that so, <laughs> I, it, so this was a this was a birthday gift um it's just a, it's just a show pillow it's just a pillow i'm like well, what the hell is that and then my wife was like it's Hey, that's cool nice this is a very childish addition I- that, I don't seems, know about that. that seems masturbatory to me in some way, but I don't know. I can't the pillow's involved, Len. It's, your, <laughs> it's the two. It's Nolan the pillow. It's sequence. It's not soft to the touch. If if you have any weird ideas, whatever you're into is fine. Uh, JD's back. Oh, great. <laughs> oh darn. I mean, oh. <laughs> hey. Oh, it's Kai. Hey. I Oh. <laughs> He's the best. You're muted. Yeah, I'm not actually back. Um, oh. I mean, he Bye. he was he was frustrated as long as I uh, am in front of the computer, and as soon as I walk away from the computer, he is happy as can be. <laughs> Have you guys not started talking about the books yet? 
Yeah. Oh, that's about right. you. We're here to do work, aren't we? Well, I feel like this is part of that work. <laughs> so do I. I actually <laughs> prefer this work. But I guess at some point, especially since JD's listening, we got to yeah. get into the, the books comments. must begin. Yeah. What are we starting with this time? Oh, thank God he's muted again. Huh. Yeah, bye. <laughs> I'll I will get the I'll do the I'll do the, the I first hacks on HBO Max. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I do not think we have any emails this week. But as a reminder to anybody that actually wants to correspond with us, you can either join us live this, every Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. Eastern Standard, <laughs> like you are here if you're listening to, and or send an email to JD's Hero oh. Complex at gmail.com. Oh, hey, guys, Ask for anybody yeah, that's interested in, in learning a little bit about or how don't to do this send show, that email? Yeah, don't. Whatever you want. <laughs> oh, cold pop go. Oh, there you go. Uh, at Gmail, cold pop go at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah I'll make, I'll, I'll, I'll make a, a real banner. Sorry. Sweet. Um, for anybody that's interested in a small part of how we do this show, normally I take notes about what time we start each segment. And I do that on my phone, which I'm currently recording on. So I can't do that <laughs> right now. Um, if anybody else wants to, they can. Uh, all right. Yeah. That was a fun window into our production. <laughs> first, first note, uh, 13 minutes and haven't started talking about the books. Sweet. Take that note. No, he says six say, triggers of I, Keaton number one. I feel, I, first of all, I feel like that's a pretty good average because we'd go through letters by now and stuff, yeah, exactly. but whatever. We don't have any letters. Uh, so the first book we're going to talk about this week is six sidekicks of trigger Keaton. Uh, uh, Diamond has this to say, or solicitations have this to say, uh, mm-hmm. by Image Comics, written by Kyle Starks, with art by Chris Schweizer. The world's most unlikable action star has been found dead, and his previous TV sidekicks are looking to solve the mystery. But how can you catch a murderer when almost everyone hated the victim? <laughs> now these sidekicks are going to learn that it means what it means to be the stars of the show. That is, if any of them can survive the stuntman war. Oh. So I'm a really, really big fan of Kyle Starks. Uh, I've been enjoying his work for a really long time. Rock Candy Mountain is like one of the best things that came out that year. Um, he did a Mars Attacks book, which was Ooh. just like the movie from back in the day. Yeah, it was. Uh, so Dynamite had Dynamite has the the IP or whatever, mm-hmm. and he did a mini series about just a hipster son and his war vet father as the aliens attack and them just trying to survive. And it was the funniest thing in the world. Hmm. But, um, but I love this creator. So I, I follow him on social media and stuff. And I saw that there was a new book. So I kind of pushed this on everyone else. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, Brian, what did you think of six trick, uh, six sidekicks? I wasn't feeling it. Um, right on. I just elaborate. Didn't, uh, yeah, it just didn't grab me at all. Like I wasn't interested. I don't, care about this world um not this world as created in this comic but just like the things that he is talking about the place that he set his story um i could see enjoying it you know like if i was into this kind of thing i don't think that it was done poorly um except that it that it didn't interest me um and yeah that was that was most of my feeling about it there was a lot of setup some stuff that might be fun, like the stuntman war thing could be fun. If I was already in, you know, the art is done in a style that in another story I would probably like, um, but it would never be one of my favorite art styles. Um, 
like uh like i could see if this was done in like a crazy sci-fi future i'd be like oh they are was pretty good um but yeah that's uh that's about it uh, J- <laughs> jd raised his hand but he head lost his headphones <laughs> he's got a grip he won't he's got the kung fu grip <laughs> jd did you have something to add i saw you yeah, raise your hand it was great i like okay. the book a lot i really uh, i really wasn't expecting anything from it um but just the the pitch of it i was like oh this is kind of fun and as we're introduced slowly to each of the six uh, ex sidekicks uh of trigger what's his tits um I, trigger keaton I, trigger keaton I, I thought this was a bucket of fun i really oh, cool. enjoyed it um i thought it was pretty funny there was actually some like chuckle bits in there you know not like i didn't guffaw i did not laugh out loud but i was like hmm. you know um there's good bits in there and i was like man this is this is kind of fun it reminded me of um the sequence in um blah, 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 the quentin tarantino once upon a time in hollywood mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. had the the stunt folk all hanging out offset mm. which is a wonderful scene i love that scene and um this had a bit of that flair, that pinache to it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, the baby did not care for it. Because mm. uh, he can't read, yeah. idiot. He um, didn't get like half the thing. And then, the uh, yeah, he only looked at the pictures. Uh, <laughs> but I also enjoyed the art. The art is a, a very interesting sort of thing that I haven't, you don't see very often. Um, and I wanted to show these. Oh. These came from Kyle Starks. Uh, he does a monthly sticker club. And, I actually uh, have all mine right now too. They're all, this, this is um, what we do in the shadows. So you always get two stickers. Oh, sweet! So it's the characters from what we do in the shadows. You know, then, there is very soon another spinoff of that coming to the CW. It's been airing in New Zealand for a couple of years. Oh, nice! In case you're interested. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Bill and Ted. Nice. It really, it's really cute. It's like five dollars a month, and you get two fun stickers. It's really cool. cool. Um, which is something that I had always been meaning to do for my Patreon or whatever, and I just never pulled the trigger. Yeah, Kyle Stark is a really, really fun creator. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I, I may have been a little bit predisposed to enjoy this because I was like, "Oh, it's the guy who said stickers. Be fun." <laughs> and it was. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Your enjoyment is real. Len, what did you think? I thought it was. I mean, I think that it's a fun book. I just like JD. I think it does definitely brought to mind uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, but I think, and and in a, in in a good way, you know, with the whole story, the kind of like um, reimagined Hollywood through the eyes of this uh, faux action star Trigger Keaton, who is like a big asshole. Um, so it's. Um, who used to, I think, also be a stuntman or something like that. He definitely has like the earmarks of uh, of Burt Reynolds from back in the day. I was, the, the, I was thinking like Chuck a Chuck Norris. Norris yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck Norris too. I mean, the, like, I mean, there's a, a lot of antecedents to Trigger mm. Keaton. But I also think that while I enjoy the art on its own, I think that the art is a mix a mismatch for the story hmm. and, and and that is where the disconnect for me lied in that i'm enjoying this but i think i would enjoy this so much more if either the story was maybe a little bit more over the top hmm. to match the artistic style or the artistic style was a little pulled back to ma- more match the story, you know, because the story is, is the story is funny, but it's not insane. 
and the hmm. art is crazy but yeah. it's 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 just it's just it's just a slight disconnect from there neither is bad i just don't think a whole together it comes to a a full package for me you know what i mean it, I, I could i could certainly see where somebody would read this and and find great enjoyment out of it and that's cool but at the end of the day it just didn't coalesce for me i get that and, and honestly too i think that's the um that's not necessarily a bug it's it's a feature for some people because mm -hmm. um they're these two creators chris schweizer's the artist for this one kyle starks is a does his own art and writing, but this one particularly, Chris Schweizer is the artist who's normally a colorist. But they both have a very similar art style, that kind of bubbly, cartoonish art style. Um, all of the books that they've worked on together that I've read have had that disconnect where hmm. the topic, even though it's comedic, has, it seems like an, the wrong art style. And mm -hmm. that's almost part of the joke because as things progress, there's yeah, they um there's you know like giant action scenes or really emotional moments or something grotesque but it's still that same kind of bubbly cartoonish art style and that's part of that's part of the joke almost yeah. that it uh, it comes out of nowhere where you'll have an emotional beat and it's effective but it's like these are still bubbly weird noses i, I don't i don't know what to to do yeah <laughs> yeah but, but I, you I, can I, have, I don't disagree you can have cartoony art and still pull off emotion, still pull off action. You know what I mean? But this is, I mean, this is just a little bit, just a, a, a hair past, you know, bubbly. This is, this is like very kinetic and there's a lot of lines going on all over the place. And it's just hard to, sometimes it's even hard to like really picture what am I supposed to be seeing here? What am I really, what is, what is the story telling me? What are the lines? As a first issue, as a first issue too, it's, it's a lot of legwork. Like yeah. there's a couple of pages that are bubbles, just bubbles. Mm -hmm. it, it felt like, um, and this and is maybe intentional. Dialogue, just so no dialogue. Yeah. It, it maybe it felt a little bit like the pilot episode of a, of a seventies TV show where it's just a shit ton of exposition. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe that's intentional because that's a lot of the, the, the emotion they're trying, like the, the, what they're trying to kind of go for too with trigger Keaton's six failed pilots or TV shows. And that's where all mm -hmm. the sidekicks come from. And it is um, I thought that was really the funny. The title is that six sidekicks yeah. of trigger Keaton. So getting a quick flash of, I don't think all six, but maybe all six, most of the sidekicks does make sense for a first issue. Like it's, it's reasonable. It's know? a, it's, um, it's a little, it's a bit of, it's more of a lift as a first issue than, mm -hmm the art style suggests hmm. right now speaking of that you uh no you got the pride cover for this first issue yeah. as i recall and uh, it's not near it's me very cool i was hoping it was because it's very no. cool it definitely made me think i was going to be a little more into this book than i was it's, like, it's the yeah. the komodo character the large the the really large uh, stunt guy the redhead uh, lathering himself up with pink soap in the shower. It's it's the funniest. It's the funniest cover. Uh, yeah, but, uh, he, and it's he more. It's both more of them like what's like, inside. That one. What's that? Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely more like what's inside. Yeah, yeah. The cover of this is is like uh, a little drearier, right? It's the 
just like I don't know. Body. If, I don't know if you guys looked at the back matter too. It's it's just um, I'm 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 impressed by the whole package. I'm gonna finish this series. I think it's 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 a really interesting enough start. But in the back too, there's there's TV guide inserts. There's an yeah. interview with him. There's some posters of the TV shows that were in the background of some scenes. Like hmm. oh, a picture. Yeah, sign the picture. They went, they went out of their way to do a couple of little fun things about this kind of genre, which I thought was impressive. But it's not on any given day. It's not enough to make a book better. But I was just like, I see what you did there. Oh, the nice. sign picture has a copyright 1986 bona fide pictures. That's cool. <laughs> it's the little things. Yeah, which it is, is like probably things. from a little after he was at his height of fame, which is also interesting. And he's, a, interesting he's an absolute absolute bastard yeah just love it he's like chuck norris if the joke things that they say about chuck norris were true like chuck norris could be oh he's like he's like chuck norris if chuck norris believed all the joke things (laughs) right 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 that people said are true (laughs) right (laughs) what you what kind of person you would become yeah but anyway let's uh Let's jump to the next book. What do you, oh, he's moving. He's moving the, the baby boat. while he's talking, while he's on the show. Final, you know, my final note on um, six oh, sidekicks of trigger giggle tits. Um, it's, I have never read a comic book like it before. Huh. Oh, I right? have. I, and I feel like, I feel like in, a, in an age where a lot of the Marvel and DC things are on repeat, uh, and we, you know, a lot of people out there are constantly complaining that they're seeing the same thing over and over again. And if you're into humor books and you're into like a murder mystery with a little bit of um, personality, check it out. That's yeah. all I got. I'm done. Good. Next. Mm-hmm. What is up next? Uh, I thought no. I'd have enough time to go grab something, but I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Bunny mask. <laughs> Funny Mask number one by Aftershock Comics, written by Paul Tobin with art by Andrea Moody. Sealed in a cave before the dawn of man, released by a crazed madman, Funny Mask walks our world once more. But for what dark purpose does she use her unnatural powers? And what's her connection to B. Foster, a young girl murdered by her father 14 years ago? In order to save his life and his sanity, one man will have to discover the truth of what waits behind the mask. All right, so I didn't read the solicitation before I read the book, but hmm. it's nice that they gave away the one reveal. I'm about to say, yeah. Wait, which, which reveal did they give away? The murder yeah. of B. Foster. Oh. Yeah, literally the entire book hinges on the reveal that that's yeah. not B. Foster that he yeah, meets yeah. 14 years later. Yeah. The entire yeah. first yeah. issue. What the fuck? That's the cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read that at all before I copy and pasted it into the notes or read the issue. That's so stupid. Yeah. You know, with some anyway. of these things, I wonder if they're almost writing, like, if you were writing the copy for the trade solicitation, there would be a question, like, do I want this in there so that people know what we're getting into but or not? Swap know. the word murdered yeah. for missing yeah, and yeah. you're fine. Yeah, true. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, who thought what? Uh, so, this issue, um, it was fine. I mean, I, yeah. it, um, I liked the, uh, I, I really liked the art. I thought it was, it was, um, it was disturbing, but still very beautiful. Um, especially some of the coloring uh, in the, the the past kind of version of, of uh, the story, or the past version of the story. Hmm. Um, that first scene is very, very disturbing. Uh, yes. as, a, as a as an older man is or a father is chipping his children his, uh. his daughter's teeth for 
a reason we don't understand. Um, uh, the mystery was intriguing. Um, I, I really dislike the design of whatever this creature is. So it's, it looks like a, it's a costume bunny mask. It's on the cover of the book. Um, and it's supposed to be thousands and thousands of years old, but it looks like it was at spirit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, until costume I heard the, store. Uh, <laughs> well, that's where spirit. Comes <laughs> I'm from. just, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just not excited about the actual design of it. Like, all of the mechanics are there for it to be a relatively enjoyable kind of ghost story. I'm just not excited about the design of the creature. Um, it was, I mean, it was well constructed. It was fine. Uh, I, this, this might be a really good, like one and done kind of thing, but I'm not happy about the, the design and I'm really not happy about that solicitation. Uh, it's still yeah. bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> what did you guys think? Uh, JD. Oh hey, there you I hated go. it. I really? Hated it. Uh, I, yeah, I was intrigued by the cover. You know, it was evocative of a movie that I really enjoy called "You're Next," um, which mm-hmm. is you know, uh, home invasion film with people who are wearing animal masks. And, a great movie. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, it was a great movie. Uh, the same thing I thought with, that Noel said earlier was just like, oh, it's a spirit. Why is it wearing a man? Okay. Um, I did not like the art. Uh, I think the art was oh. um, kind of boring, lackluster. The color palettes were really kind of dull and drab. Um, there was just nothing about it that really grabbed me as a first issue. And in mm-hmm. the end, I went, oh, that's interesting. So not, it wasn't enough, right? The the uh, the ending was the only interesting thing about it. And then I was like, well, okay, maybe the next book I read will be better. And that's kind of where I left it. Yeah, I thought this was kind of a little all over the place. I didn't like the story structure. It just kind of like bounces around a little bit. I thought it was... Um, I, I agree a little bit about the art. The art is not bad art, but it's also not exceptional in any way like there there are characters in this book who it was hard to differentiate between who is who um unless sometimes you look for like context clues like you know maybe one had a jacket on or 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 not and even then the coloring would change sometimes in between panels so you'd still be like oh damn that's not him it's somebody else and i am like what the hell so that was i found that to be a, a little bit annoying the whole idea with the with the bunny mask or whatever i was like this is I'm, I'm not getting it. Um, the twist at the end, I didn't care. I was like, uh, uh, I was like, oh, well, well, whatever. Who cares? This is dumb. Um, it felt like to me like a bad horror movie that's trying too hard. Hmm. And 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 at the end of the day, one, I'm not. I don't really dig a whole lot of horror, so that left me cold. But it felt like a little bit kind of like stuff I've read before. And I was like, um, I'm good. I'm good. I had the same problem, Len, you know, about the characters. Mm. So there's a jump <laughs> after the cave where people are driving. Yeah. And, and then he's like, oh, my God. And he pulls over. And I'm like, who is this guy? And what is what is happening? Oh, oh, that was the guy from the previous entire first <laughs> issue. I had no idea that was the same gentleman. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's it's a I, you don't know. It's a 14 year time jump until like 
uh, cops are talking mm-hmm. five scenes later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, I also yeah. noticed, uh, speaking of that scene where you jump forward, I didn't notice this while I was reading, but I did just now, that the uh, there's somebody is holding a sign, First Thursday, New Art in All Galleries, and it is the same font as the word balloons. Oh, oh wow. And it kind of throws, like, it didn't throw me off while I was reading it, but now that I see it, I'm like, that's weird. I had a very mm. similar feeling to everybody else. It's like, it was very, like, paint-by-numbers, um, and I was a little interested in the twist at the end with, like, oh, they're in, uh, they're in, um, what do you call it? It's like an art show. That's interesting. What's the story there? Yeah. That, that yeah, was so yeah. That's, that's the only thing that's really, well, that's one of the only things that's really interesting, too, I guess, the if the bunny mask is now taking the form of whatever this young girl is, uh, which I mean, maybe whatever. Uh, why? <laughs> maybe whatever, indeed. Why would? Whatever. Why would they? Why would they? Like the. <laughs> maybe. Whatever. <laughs> Cold pop podcast. <laughs> um, why would? Uh, what's the? What's the goal of an art show? Yeah. yeah. Is it is it like believers or propagating or yeah. I don't know if, if there's a if there's a larger mystery, a larger, more interesting mystery, that'd be great. But then there's no real know, hint of it here. You know, like the this this entity may not know that it is not. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the impression I got is that they don't yeah. know that they are. Like this pod people. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Anyway. Mm, no, you right. think so. Wait, yeah, what's up next? Are they both <laughs> fake people? Well, that's I didn't think of that either until just now, but maybe. You yeah. don't know because you can't tell by the corpses who the characters are. Right. No, because the, 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 the woman corpse looks like the guy corpse. So I didn't even yeah. know it was supposed to be B until they Oh my god. I was gonna say, like, yeah, maybe that's not yeah. male character's name. Well, I don't think any of us will ever find out. <laughs> nope. Nope. It will remain a mystery and we yeah. will be just fine with it. One that we think a little, if ever. Just a, a bunch of decent ideas put together in an indifferent package. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we're moving on. All right. Uh, DC Pride number one by DC Comics with <laughs> written by... Cena Grace, James Tinney in the fourth, Steve Orlando, Vita Ayala, Marika Tamaki, etc., with art by Amy Reader, Chris Anka, Travis Moore, Sophie Campbell, Stephen Byrne, Trung Lee, Nguyen, etc. Nguyen. Nguyen, sorry. Uh, DC celebrates D- uh, Pride Month with nine all new stories starring fan favorite LGBT- LGBTQIA plus characters Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Midnighter, Extraño, Batwoman, Aqualad, Alan Scott, Obsidian, Flash, F- or Future State Flash, Renee Montoya, Pied Piper, and many more. Hmm. Uh, as far as anthologies go, it was fine. We, we're, we're very used to reading anthologies these days, especially from D.C. There's an anniversary or an event or mm. something. Um, and every just week. like yeah. every week. Just no like, Lane, though. Not just yet. like no Lois Lane. Just like every <laughs> single one out of like the nine stories or ten stories, there's maybe three or four that are solid. Yep. And yeah. the other ones are take it or leave it. Too yeah. terrible. Yep. So which ones did you think were solid? Let's let's approach um, it that way. I dug I dug the Batman one, the one that starts right away because it was a very decent. It was it was it was a solid metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh man, I don't have the book in front of me. Um, I How like you, what's the. the question? Which ones? <laughs> which ones? Hey, can, you you like? run, can you run? Can you run down all of them for us? <laughs> yeah, like, brother, I'll do it. Yeah, I got the book give, right give here. Me the stories. Let's see. The flash one was cute. Here we go. Uh, and the Harley Quinn one was cute. Just asked me to do something. <laughs> the wrong side of the looking glass by james tinian and uh trung lee nguyen and that was the um batwoman batwoman mm-hmm. uh by the victors by steve orlando and stephen byrne uh which was the uh characters plus constantine i forget who was in it because i never knew who they were oh that was guy midnighter popped up in the later story right the... yeah. oh no uh, is, is, Mid- is midnighter and not dr strange Yes, yes yeah. not Doctor Strange. Um, uh, Try the Girl by Vita Ayala and Skylar Patridge. That one was good. That one was really, really was good. That? That's the, uh, the Renee Montoya one. That's oh, the question that one. Was really oh, the Ma- that was, Montoya. That was, that was the best one in here because I hope that that becomes a series. Yeah. Like that was, they, they they leave it to, yeah, they think they even say to be continued. I like the, it says the, just the that was great. It says just the beginning, yeah. yeah. yeah that was, that was the best um, one in here. Another word for a truck to move your furniture by Mariko Tamaki and Amy Reader, which is very cute. That That's was um, Harley and, and Oh yeah, Amazon. that was. He's oh, the light of my life. Oh, go ahead, Noel. Wait, what? What was the another word the for oh. a truck to? A sh- what is that? A ship. A ship is another no. word for a truck. No. Huh? Nope. What is it? Nope. Uh, it is a phrase for um, in the LGBTQ community. There, if you see two two women together. Mm-hmm. They, they call them a U-Haul. Oh, they mentioned that in the story, and I was like, that must yes. be a phrase that I don't know, but I yes. didn't know it. Oh, it's, it's I don't U-Haul. Know Just, Do you know where that comes from? I guess because they get together so quickly. Huh. Yeah. They just um, become a couple and a, move in together. They're just... Huh. The, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a... I guess it's derogatory assumption huh. about no. lesbian couples when they find each other. They just move in really... They go really fast. They move in together. Well, really they fast. seem to have used it themselves, but maybe it was one of those things that started. Well, no, I mean, like, I mean, culturally derogatory, and, and not in like a slur kind of way, but just in like a stereotype kind of way. Uh, in oh, term okay. of endearment, it's stereo- oh, yeah, okay. it's, yeah. I'm okay. not going um, to hasten to guess. I will let one of my uh, oh. <laughs> friends in the community explain it. To me. Great, Lynn. If you find that out, please yeah. uh, let us know. Well, Hello. popular popular uh, media has has told me to uh, understand uh, that it's a a joke uh, that. Lesbian couples move too fast. Hmm. Ah, that's everybody moves too fast. There you go. I, I well, I'm, I'm sure it's something. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I believe it. Um, you were running down the store. Well, JD is uh, no, JD's anymore. Uh, there's a flash one. Uh, Jesse. J- oh, here Jess. I have the. There's he's the light of my life, which is um, shoot, which one was that? I don't remember. <laughs> Anybody? He's the light of my life. I think that's the Flash one, I think. No, that was uh, something makeup gifts. Here, I've got it here. Um, it is the one with... Oh, that was the Alan Scott Obsidian one. I like that oh, one. Oh, that's, right. That's, right. That's, a, that's a solid one, too. Yeah, I, I really like, like the art, and I liked the story. And they have a very complicated relationship and always have, because I think Obsidian may have even started out as a bad guy, you know, like mm-hmm. in the 80s, and they didn't... They didn't know that they were father and son with Jay. You know, he didn't know that he had kids until he w- they were adults, I believe. Um, so they had a complicated relationship anyway. But now having chosen to uh, make Alan Scott, having been gay uh, since the 40s. Now, this is some of the first that we've gotten. He was gay in Earth, too, but that was like a different Alan Scott. Right, um, right, right. So this is some of the first that we've gotten in the like 
you know, the longer history Alan's got that has a lot more connections to the rest of the DC universe. Um, yeah, it yeah. um it that that's let's talk about that story for uh, a hot minute because it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Like uh, a lot of the conversation online after after Alan Scott came out, I think it was in the Infinite Frontier anthology, another anthology book. No, Green Lantern. Um, but yes, another. <laughs> was it the Green Lantern one? Yeah, I, yeah. What? Who fucking cares? <laughs> another anthology book. He came yeah. out to his children. Um, the conversation was why why now he's been around for 80 years why is they forcing diversity down my throat with this character that was originally blah 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 mm. so they're they're creating or they're they're filling in the backstory of i mean to be a part of the lgbtqia plus community in the 20s and 30s mm, and right. that's right, not right. something that you just kind of like how how you were trained to be uh shameful or programmed away or mm. or hide is not something that you just immediately like oh we're good now okay like a switch right. turn off right right it's, so yeah so he's always been like well he had kids like yeah so many people <laughs> yeah <laughs> so many people went and had straight you know facing relationships or started mm-hmm. families whether to actively hide their sexuality or convince themselves that they weren't one thing or another like his, it's not, it's his not particular circumstance is a little weird, though, right? He didn't do that. He had, like, a relationship with one of his antagonists because he was so pulled to... I mean, obviously, the story changed. It's a retcon. That's what retcons are. But uh, we just won't pay attention to that part. Um, I'm not familiar. Not. I mean, but you can, pay, you, you can pay attention to that because how often does... I mean, you find out about people who were you know, suppressing their, their true feelings for so long mm. and mm. to the degree that they do have whole families. They do have yeah. a whole nother existence that they, they just, because it was this mask that they wore, you know? So, um, oh, well, yeah, but that, I mean, the part that I was saying not to pay attention to is more that he, I, if I'm remembering correctly, he was so drawn to this, uh, her name was also it was harlequin actually yeah yeah um like how did they become involved that certainly was not a socially acceptable relationship that he was in Mm -hmm. anyway you know he was he was with this like you know uh one of his bad guys um but i don't remember it that well maybe maybe he didn't know you know i don't know that story was was retconned into green lantern's backpack backstory and it was and it was Along the same lines, I mean, like some of the trappings may have been different, but it's along the same lines of Batman, even back in, on, on Earth 2, and they're Batman now, hooking up with Catwoman, a mm. former ad- adversary. So it's along those same lines. Oh, it just yeah. makes it even much more interesting when you look at Green Lantern through the lens of being a gay man and yeah. doing that as well. Yeah. So, uh, and, and let's face it, let's be real. Let's be real here. Green Lantern, as created back in the 30s and 40s, was just another guy with a cape because it was created at the, at the beginning of superheroes, and that's all they they were there for. And then when he returns in the 60s, when the Justice League brings him back, hmm. he is just another Green Lantern in a cape on Earth 2. And then in the 70s, when the marvelization of DC comes around, they give him a little bit of a backstory, and that's kind of continued through through and through. 
but there ain't been nothing really deep done with the man. This is probably the most interesting man thing that has ever been done truly with the character. And for them to, as opposed to just saying he's gay now, to backtrack it all the way back to oh, the yeah. beginning and address it from that standpoint, I got to applaud him for it. I think it's well, also, you know, it's difficult with diversity in comics. You cannot force a character to be popular. So mm-hmm. there's there's kind of like a tension between adding new characters and having them very rarely succeed because that's any new character very rarely succeeds or trying to modify a character that already exists into being an example of one kind of diversity or another. Like, I mean, it works in the places where it works like Jon Stewart, right? Like Green Lanterns exist and they have a mechanism in their story to introduce new Green Lanterns. And this is one I think that also really works because he's a character from the 40s who would not have been necessarily open about this fact of his life. So you can just layer this in and have it still be true to this character. It's still a character that you already like. Um, I also, side note, had the opportunity to meet Martin O'Dell, uh, who created Alan oh, wow. Scott once, and it was Awesome. Um, and I have his signature on a comic from when I was so, a kid. I, um, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Back to the story, which I thought was very interesting, is the story itself narratively um, attacks the question, why now? Because a larger, mm. another part of that conversation uh, when he revealed, like when he when he came out, was well, he's been around for eighty years. Why now? Why the character now is coming out? What's the big deal? Why now? So the story approaches that just head on. Mm. His son wants to know why now, and it's a very beautiful uh, kind of discover. Like Alan Scott's not good with his words, so he uses this ring to show his son his mm. life, and then also explain to him that now because I saw you being able to live your life to the fullest. Like it's a, it's a really good moment. Yeah, it's a really good, a cool it's a very good story. Yeah. I really agree that that moment between them, especially given those two characters, histories is very cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. JD. Um, have we broached the comments yet? The comments? Uh, not yet. No. <laughs> Todd Engel is in the comments saying, what do you call lesbians on a second date? A U-Haul. So hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a gag. Oh, okay. Um, joke because stereotypically lesbians want to immediately get serious in contrast to stereotypical gay men wanting to play the field huh. so that's that's so where we all comes from we weren't full off the mark yeah yeah i think um so uh i thought some of these were really good uh, i did not read the the john not john stewart the um alan, alan, scott, alan one, scott but i have gotten uh, into it on facebook <laughs> with people who anytime they show Alan Scott, you've got the people down there wow, they're really angrily typing, uh, wow, they got to change the sexuality of the character and blah, blah, blah. And he was never this way before. Um, but yeah, the fact that there are men out there who come out late in life all the time and sure. they have children and they have had wives and they've had heterosexual uh, or heteronormative um, relationships does not change who they fundamentally are um, so I don't know. It's especially just people to keep from his mind. era, like right. Oh, maybe that's not as common with yeah. people like young adults now, but people from the forties, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Is there? And, is then, there you know, and then I'm like, uh, tell me the last time uh, him being in a relationship with a female was super important. 
Exactly. The, he's actually one of the they, few that it's not, right? Like, they retconned right. in this relationship for, with his kids because he didn't have anyone, you know, that, that he was with, really, ever. Yeah. I don't know, the, the halcyon days of Alan Scott playing the field and all the women's. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, they usually, they usually quiet down around that point. Tell tell me uh, his super important female character's name that he was in a relationship. Uh, with. Iris West. I like for the for the most part. I thought a lot of these stories were for the most part. I think a lot of them were disposable. Um, some of them had some interesting art. I think that on a whole, the Poison Ivy Harlequin story is probably a little disposable only because in the sense that their their relationship has been explored mm. other places as well is still constantly being explored so this one other exploration of it do we really necessarily need it but that being said the art and the story of it is so <laughs> darn, darn fun that yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. So I was all in on that. I too, like, no, I like the Batwoman story. I'm always down for a good Batwoman story. And, and I think that it, it is a, um, a story where the metaphor that they're trying to go for actually works and works very well. And it's very evocatively expressed artistically. So I really enjoyed that one. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, we, we talked about Alan Scott. That was dope. Uh, the rest of them are just kind of like, you know, fair to middling the rest of the way. But even the question, the, the, oh, and the, the question, question was great. The question is dope. The, the question yeah. doesn't belong here. Like the Ray, Renee Montoya needs her own book. I don't, I don't, yeah, give, yeah. Uh, I don't give a yeah. uh, I will read it. Cause, and if it's, it's the same writer, same art style, I will be right there. They say it's just the beginning. They'll be tickling me with a feather DC because I'll come and see you <laughs> because this joint does look dope. <laughs> I, oh, there was another good, really good moment, I thought, in the Pied Piper story, where he goes and does his typical story thing where he's like, I'll buy these apartments because I'm wealthy and, and everything is fine. But then at the end, he's the other, the other character, he's like, all right, what's next? Which mm-hmm. I thought was very cool. Oh, my least, my least favorite was the, the closing one, which is actually kind oh. of interesting. Oh, uh, because, because that was... Uh, the JLQ, the Justice League queer uh, yeah. ish, uh, story. That was like the pitch for one of those round robin mm. uh, books that was going to oh. happen. And this is the creative team for it, too. Um, so that what it, the Robins won, by the way. Yeah. Okay. But um, but that was what was going to like be this book. It is. I have no issue with a with a. A, a queer Justice League. It's just I don't know any of these characters. They don't introduce a single one of them. What the fuck is happening? What's the act like? It was so weird. But I did appreciate, and I don't have the 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 image to pull up if anybody has it. But like the when Eclipso uh, Eclipso reveals himself as the bad guy. Hmm. There's a piece of his dialogue, the, the last balloon of his dialogue, JD, if you can read it. It's interesting. It's funny because he essentially says, like, hey, I don't hate who you are. I just I just want to kill you. Right. Like, well, he wants to use even, their righteous even, anger. Yeah, God yeah. loves you. I, but even Eclipso is tolerant <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of yeah. their lifestyle choice. Just, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I like thought that. that was I thought that was really funny. Like, he's like, no, it's not. It has nothing to do with because you're gay. I just yeah. I just want to murder you. Well, he's even saying, like, their anger is righteous. He just, this is a well of because of their mistreatment, he can get what he needs from these people. Um, also, I like uh, seeing Brick, who I always thought had a cool power set. He was in Ooh. the New 52 Teen Titans. Who, exactly? He's never shown up again. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, even even that Titans, even that big old splash page of all of the heroes coming out, put names with them. Yeah, I don't know the hell any of these people are. Really? Yeah. Give me give me fonts and names. Like I knew, like maybe out of the fifteen that like burst out of nowhere, I knew like maybe five. Okay. Well, we've got Batwoman. Yeah. We've got um, Midnighter and Apollo. We've got Aqualad. Crush shows up there. Not in the original Devil. You got Crush. Oh, that's who that is. The 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 Tasmanian Devil is the the guy that makes out with not Doctor Strange. No, Ray, right? the Ray no, is no. in there, but he's the in Ray's the far thing. corner. Right, 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 Ray. right. Yeah, Bri- Ray. Uh, Brick, as I as I mentioned, um, and I believe that's true. And then the rest I don't know. In the background, but I oh, only also know that too, from one of the splash pages. There were a couple of there were a couple of pinups of characters that I didn't know were on the uh, uh, or a part of the community. Like the only Cat one Man, I didn't know is I had no idea. Yeah, yeah no clue. But that's also, cool. could it not be part of the community to just draw? something that you find Cheesecake-y? appealing right exactly no i think i i every single like if that's the case then this would literally be the only pinup that doesn't have the criteria of the character mm. being a yeah, member of the community that's a good point well i didn't like that last story primarily because of the end where it says jlq because that sounded like it read like 70s dc trying to force <laughs> force stuff yes in a way that they have no actual Actual understanding or true sensitivity to well, um, no, we oh, like uh, we don't like rainbowfying. Who would write this? Yeah, book, you know. I mean, well, still, but no. this is JLQ. Even though, even though the character calls it calls it out in the hmm. in the wording, it's hmm. still just the fact that you would deem to put that on the oh, page. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's just corny, man. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I, as far as I, I saw that, and I kind of groaned. Uh-huh. As far as anthologies go, this was one of the better ones. But again, it's still an anthology. Like only half of it is sure. awesome. That's how it always is. Yeah. Yeah. Noel, yes. when you said that this JLQ was one of the round robin options, was it called JLQ? Yeah. Ah, fuck. It, it lost in the they, first they round. They can do better. Actually, I think they it lost in the first round that. to Robins. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. What's next? Okay. Uh, I, well, what's next is Brian and I are just going to have a quick little Far Sector uh, sesh. So Far Sector <laughs> right, number guys, 12, which is... Peace out. I don't want to hear any of this because I'm six issues behind, but I love that series oh. and I want to catch up. Okay. You can spoil it. I'm just not going to... I'm, I'm going to go do stuff. I don't think we'll spoil, but all right. Hmm. I cannot spoil. Uh, anyway, Far yeah, Sector yeah. number 12 by DC Comics, uh, written by N.K. Jemison with art by Jamal Campbell. When Joe Mullen left Earth for parts unknown, little did she know she'd end up becoming a Green Lantern at the farthest outpost in the known universe, dealing with a complex culture that was able to have its first murder in centuries. Investigating that death unearthed a lot of secrets and made her a lot of enemies, and it all comes to a head in this rousing final issue. Pretty so, spoiler-free solution. Yeah, this... <laughs> This whole series is one of the best things that's on the shelves. Uh, I can't wait to gift this whole story to people. When the first two issues came out, I wasn't necessarily completely on board, but there was always something there. And I realized towards the middle of the series, my issue was with the format more so than the story altogether. Um, I had trouble with the world building, the pace at which the world building was happening. Hmm. And it just kind of, like, I think I let three or four issues build up and then I got on board really fast. Hmm. Uh, and this 12th issue 
even though it's a very satisfying conclusion and I love the whole story, I think suffers from the same thing because the 11th issue ends with a climax and just like a to be content or to be concluded. And Oh my God, the resolution is the first three pages of this book. And the rest of it is a coda. Um, which makes me feel like, well, this, these two could have just been put together. Like mm. I, I feel like the format has been the only, the format of single issues has been the only thing that's messed me up with this book. I almost wish that maybe if it was bi-weekly in a prestige format that had been like mm. eat larger chunks of this story are absorbed so much better than single issues, which is something that I don't say often because I love reading single issues. This is um, also this, a person who is um, she's much more familiar with writing novels. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that is something that we noticed in the beginning of the book. Uh, just like a common uh, pitfall that novelists fall into sometimes of writing more words, <laughs> which is very understandable. I um, mean, we, we happen to see it a lot this, um, with comics, but then got out it of it. It is a hardcore nitpick because the end result is one of the best things on the shelves. Sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. I just I, I, mean, it's great. I just yeah. almost wish, even if this was a quarterly book, a hundred page quarterly book, then it still would have felt like a meteor experience than monthly 20 pages at a time um but so like the some of the ideas that were in this book are just next level what the hell is going on the fact that the what, <laughs> sorry i'm just i'm just experiencing your life <laughs> some of the uh, ideas in this book audio. is as long as everything's fine now it's fine some of the ideas in this book are next level fantastic. Uh, how currency works, how technology works. Um, it, there's how these societies inter interchange with each other. This book is awesome. Joe Mullen is one of my favorite new characters, and I can't wait to see what's next. But I almost don't want to see anything else because this was great. Well, I mean, yeah. she's already in Green Lantern, isn't she? No, no, no. And she's in the. Um... Oh, she is. She was in the first. She was in the Future State book stuff. Oh. I mean, I mean, like at the uh in this setting what's the planet called again Und undying Und oh, right. i forget what the name of their thing eternal is. like something eternal or the city, or the, the, the city enduring yeah. yeah nice no but like in green lantern currently that that's great use the character elsewhere but when it comes to the city enduring and a huh. continuation of these specific characters interacting with each other jamal campbell nk jemison just do it in prestige format of thicker, thicker stories, and I'm in. Oh. Do you think that they will? I kind of thought. I have, like, I have no idea. She's now that this story is done, she'll be back. You know, in uh, into just like regular DC world. Yeah, what I'm saying is, if they ever revisit the city enduring, okay. I would love it to only be this creative team. Oh, it's good, it's good. because even the way that she's depicted and drawn by other artists is not as satisfying as Jamal Campbell's so far. Like she's got, she's got hips. She's got character. Her hair is fantastic. And she's just not like that by other artists, which is mm, same, actually the same the issue with Naomi. They, they miss those, those fantastic character subtleties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a it's funny been a feeling long time that since, um, oh. okay. no, go ahead, JD. I was going to say something stupid and unnecessary. Uh, just that it's been a long time since I've seen, um, a female character in a, in a comic and been like, Oh, what's up, girl? 
<laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like the way he draws her is. Who was the last one? Oh, uh, Mary Jane Watson, probably by Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I mean the the physicality that he gives Joe is just so fantastic. There's a the scene there's a scene at the end where they're having a picnic, and like it's a nice romantic scene. But he gives her like the musculature he gives her is like old school Angela Bassett. Yet she's still like she's beautiful, and her hair changes with the. There's some subtleties in the way that she uses her ring that no other artist so far has captured. even just the way that like she will fix her own hair with her ring while she changes from uniform to like civvies. It's, it's wild. And this book is just, so I want to see this art oversized. Mm. Everyone pick it up. Her green energy is a little different too. You guys, you know, it's like a a different kind of green, you know, maybe a little more washed out, a little less vibrant than the just like kind of green, green. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, 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 well, that, that, that does directly have to do with her ring and how it works compared to other Green Lanterns, but that's yeah, yeah. something we won't spoil. Mm. Uh, Len? Well, I was just going to say, first of all, that um, old school Angela Bassett musculature is the same as today's <laughs> Angela Bassett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thinking, in my head, right. I'm thinking, waiting, in my head, I'm thinking uh, uh, Tina Turner waiting to exhale. Mm. Just because she wore no, the strappy things no, all the time. Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? No, no, no. Hang uh, on, both movies. Tina Turner and Waiting to Exhale. Would you, that's not, not what you said, though. So you didn't say Yeah, and. Tina Turner, comma, Waiting to Exhale. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I do think that, to your point about the, the format of the book, if I remember correctly, this book was solicited and came out under an older regime at DC and there is now a new regime in that I think has been marketing more towards, you know, like keeping the floppies going, but young animal book, right. But, but definitely, but have been marketing more towards, you know, uh, differentiations in their formats. And I think that this regime, if they were to, um, follow up, do a follow up, talk to N- NK Jemison because I think she probably is the person who, you know, if it ain't her, then they, they're not going to give it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I think they, she is the type of author of note that I think would smartly write that into her, to her deal that um, if they were going to follow up with her, it would be solicited different. It wouldn't be a monthly. They would, it would, and they would also give, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it, it would be, more fitting. I'm looking forward to I'm really looking forward to this um, trade. Um, like I, I told y'all, I've already ordered two of them, one for me. I, w- I can't wait to give it to my daughter uh, so she can check it out. Um, it is just bananas. It's bananas comic books, but it's bananas science fiction. It's bananas world building. It's bananas character development. It's a bananas way to introduce a new character. It's been a long time since we had a, a, a truly new, like, black woman character to kind of like that's locked on like this. Um, yes, is she wrapped in the trappings of Green Lantern? Sure. But even then, she's doing something different within that world, mm-hmm. looking totally different in that world. If it wasn't for the symbol, I wouldn't even know she was a Green Lantern, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm I'm digging. I can't wait to check out the full story. As far yeah, as ways to introduce a brand new character, I think this is scores better than Naomi. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Naomi tried to introduce uh, a new character. I mean, I, I, did, I mean, introduce a new character, but <laughs> I, I felt that that miniseries introduction to her felt very slight, and I did not get a whole lot out of it other than like, here's who she is. We solved the mystery, and uh, here's where she's from, and that's kind of all you get from that. Oh, I I loved Naomi. Uh, I thought that I I liked that breakneck pace of we don't know what the fuck's going on which was the, yeah. the tone of that versus this that's very intentional and very detailed and 12 issues, right? I, I, I wouldn't compare them so much, but I would, I was going to say if I had my druthers and I was in charge of publishing, right? Jamal Campbell now goes and does the second season of, of Naomi with mm-hmm. Bendis and Walker, uh, a good six or seven issues, and then come back and, disappear for like a year but emerges with uh, a full OGN with NK Jemison which is the next chapter of the Far Sector Saga. Mm-hmm. Like and that would be like mm, I would love that. And wasn't it somewhere along the line that Naomi got optioned for Yeah. It's, it's, still going. it's coming out. out yeah. Right. And and sometimes when that happens that can change up your story. Uh, Especially if you if you kind of want to leave some bits for the the series for television. they they intentionally um, they and first of all Bendis has said Bendis and David Walker have said they're not doing another Naomi series without Jamal Campbell like he's also a creator mm-hmm. so um, they were waiting until Fox Sector was over but they did have the intention of we're doing a season two of Naomi it's going to be set up like albums like seasons. Um, but she's showing up in other places, but because of the CW show now, they might fast track that Mm -hmm. in the schedule. So if we were, if we were waiting to see far sector really fast to really fast, it's probably going to wait for Naomi. Yeah. But far sector, you know, honestly, once it, it is, it's now wrapped and it's a trade. It is, such a meaty story that it honestly could sit out there for a couple of years, gather oh, yeah. up, you know, the word of mouth now because it's the complete story and stuff like that, and um, really build the momentum for the next next book. So absolutely fine. One hundred. This this book is great. I think we all agree. Even those that even those of us that didn't even read all of it yet know it's something special. So. Well, I had said early before we started recording or before broadcasting that I was embarrassed that I haven't that I have not kept up kept up with this book because it, I do recognize it as something special and something that I definitely wanted to keep on top of and I just mm-hmm. was not able to due to um, you know life circumstances. But man, when this when this OG not OGN but when this trade paperback hardcover comes out, I'm scooping it up and I'm gonna read it. Go read it. Um, All right. Let's see. Robert Monroe says it's going to be on the CW. Um, and that's it. And then Action Figure Expert is just quoting us um, Footloose lyrics. So that's oh. fun. What are the lyrics? Everybody get Footloose? Actually, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so before we get into the next books and talk about all the other cool stuff, just take a moment for Brian to talk about how to support the show. Hey, uh, there's this place. Uh, conceptually, a place called Patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo. So if you want the experience of giving us money, that's a great way to do it. Go to Patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo. 
Um, your money will go to help us get things like headphones for me that I lost this week. That I already, listen, uh, that your money has already gone to buying Brian headphones. Yeah. So that's and now good. they're going to go to buying buying Brian some more headphones. Yep. We're going to have to put that. We're going to have to put a pair in multiple locations for him. <laughs> we're going to uh, sprinkle them all over his house. So then no matter yeah, where yeah. he records from. Oh, uh, yes. Here we'll, they are. We'll we'll give a set to his girlfriend as like a yes. backup set. And exactly. when he is somewhere else. Around, that, I'll like, get one just hide a headphone, fake rocks. And yeah. I'll put them outside. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, but also if, if you don't want to or can't um, <laughs> donate money, got other things that you need to spend your money on. Just tell people about the show. Like, yeah. subscribe, talk to people comics. that you know that might enjoy some reviews of comics or yeah. the part in the front of the show where we don't talk about comics. Like, subscribe, comment, dot, 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 things that uh, we are discussing on the show. Yeah, yeah. Try to keep it restricted to things that we are or you could reasonably expect that we want to discuss on the show. Yeah, yeah. like if we're talking about Far Sector, maybe don't show up and be like, hey, Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, Doomsday Clock is garbage. Like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Uh, What's next? excited. No. <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about a little book called Geiger Number no. 3 by Image Comics, written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank. How do you make a monster? Geiger's tragic origins revealed from his, from his time before the war to his fateful meeting with the doomed Dr. Molotov. All secrets oh. will be laid bare when the king of Las Vegas invades Geiger's compound. So this is the uh, third issue of the seminal story of Geiger. No, uh, this is Jeff Johns finally doing a creator-owned book. We talked about the first issue on the show. I think we were all relatively like, yeah, this is cool. This is fine. Hmm. Um, second issue came out. Third issue. Here we go. Um, I I dig the shit out of this book now. The second issue was far and away better than the first hmm. and like because it just actually started world building and then this issue oh no is and it, then this is issue oh, whoa whoa <laughs> and then this issue uh starts to delve into the actual character of Tariq uh geiger and how he functions you know like there are things that are re revealed in this book that were in this issue that i'm like why didn't i why didn't I notice that before? Like, it's just like really fun stuff about his character design and his abilities. Hmm. I, I really do. And, and also too, like there's a, there's been a kind of a locked door for most of the books so far. And they just oh, opened yeah. that door up in this one. And it's just like, all right, we're done with that. What's next? I was surprised like, uh, and impressed that that happened this quickly. Exactly. The story. Yeah. This was fun. I really, I really enjoyed this. What did you guys think, Brian? So I'll tell you what, you got Geiger, Dr. Molotov is uh, like the uh, bad guy. Why doesn't anybody in this name in, you know, change their names to like Rupert happy and fulfilled? You know, <laughs> in these kinds of worlds, you're setting yourself up just for a great life. <laughs> um, but it my son's middle name is never going to get me down. <laughs> Uh, you know, the people just haven't 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 gotten onto that yet in these places. But uh, as a book, fun. It was great. The art is 
you know, unsurprisingly fantastic. Gary Frank, I don't think I've ever seen him do anything that I wasn't into. Um, I dig the the uh, things that they are homaging. You know, I, I really strongly get the sense that they both or one or the other was like, hey, I really want to do a post-apocalyptic sci-fi story like I saw on TV or read when I was a kid. And they're doing it. Um, yeah, it's cool. I didn't read issue two, uh, but I still enjoyed this one. And like I said, I was I was impressed and surprised that they got to that mystery, whichever way it turns out. Uh, they got to it before issue you know, issue two just issue, three. issue two basically just sets up these two children. Okay. Um, their mom works at a casino uh, and tries to abscond with some money to go escape mm. with them, and she gets killed. So these kids are on the run with something that's valuable. That's it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Len, what do you think? I thought it was cool. I mean, it's it's it dope. If we if if we read issues one and two, I'll take your words for it. Maybe I wasn't on our show because I don't remember them. Um, oh. So I was re- <laughs> reading this and I didn't even pay attention to the number. So I was reading this as a number one. So I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, like dropping you right in the middle of things. OK, well, I'll catch up. <laughs> I'll try and figure it out. Um, and uh, which I guess is not great because when they do open up that door i was like well i saw that coming it's like (laughs) (laughs) but um but it still didn't mean that it wasn't as any more heartbreaking you know for the for you know geiger or whatever um i like i love gary frank's art i've been hit or miss on jeff john's writing as of late Mm. um so you know there's that there's one there's one little thing that just bothered me a little bit about this about the story and maybe it's a part of me just coming into it cold here on in issue three but the whole idea of that geiger you know who's more like like you know the radioactive man or dr phosphorus or whatever the hell yeah. um but he's got the the, the rods that kind of like keep him in check mm. and you know it's like don't let him pull the rods because we pull the rods it's all over. It's, it's, it's a wrap. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh man. And then <laughs> he pulls the rods. And he basically just turns into Daredevil because then he throws the rods at people. I'm like, I'm thinking he's going to pull the rods and now everybody's just going to like explode. They're going to be or his, his touch <laughs> is going to like immediately, you know, evaporate people. Well, I think it's just that's when he turns all glowy and his like personal radiation is unleashed, which. Okay, but nobody's running away from him or anything like that. And then he he throws the rods at people. I mean, like, so I'm like, that was a little bit of a letdown for me. (laughs) That being said, it was still kind of cool. I'm still into it. You know, I would I would continue reading this. Um, It's it's dope. I like, love them rods. I think I was telling JD last night that I thought the rods were rad, only because like you know again read the first two issues, so it was just like batons, cool, whatever, dude. Uh, but then they actually like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. The rods are actually to to keep the the radiation in check, just like in a reactor you would have. Right. Mm. Like duh. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just I really appreciated some of the cool little like design choices like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that the rods are useful weapons. It's oh, that they are. Also, well, I mean, they are, but 
also too with the with the door like with behind in the bunker it's been 30 like from issue one it's been 30 years that he's protecting that bunker we all knew they were not alive Hmm. it was just seeing it was like okay yeah right i held out hope i held out hope that they were still in there yeah Yeah, 30 years yeah 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 yeah. Didn't you see the Brendan Fraser vehicle uh, <laughs> out of this world or whatever that was called? Do you remember that movie? That was a fun. It was movie. a blast from the past blast with Alicia from- Silverstone. Yeah. That's right. That's it. <laughs> and 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 Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken. I think Alicia Silverstone was the love interest in that. I right? said that already. I don't know. Yeah, I forget. Yes, yeah, so it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, actually, you know, I read the first issue of Geiger and I was really excited because Gary Frank and Jeff Johns, I was like, oh, I love Doomsday Clock. This is yeah. going to be great. Um, I've, you know, I've never seen Jeff Johns do a creator-owned series before. So I was really excited to, for that. And then I read the first issue and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, this is different than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just wasn't too impressed with it. I, I wasn't going to buy it. I just thought, oh, this is, what is this? What is this book? What is it trying to be? I don't quite understand the vibe of it because a lot of the elements are kind of over the top, silly sci-fi, Dr. Phosphorus. And my name is Geiger. My real name is Geiger. And then this happens to me, you know? Um, (laughs) And then they show you the the thing at the end with all of the different, the way that the United States have been digging out and all the silly. Uh, It's Vegas. It's just Vegas. Oh, the way Vegas has been divvied out and it's all very silly um, sections, you know? Um, so I wasn't quite sure how I was going to respond to skip number two. I forgot. And then when I saw we were doing this one, I was like, oh, let me catch up. Two was great. Three was better. Uh, I'm on board. I think this is a really fun series now that I'm sort of like a little bit more tuned in on what we're doing. Um, I think this is a lot of fun. And I was actually surprised. Uh, I mean, you have a 50-50 shot, right, of the uh, the people in the bunker. They're, either, they're Schrodinger's cat. Either alive or they're not, or they're both. Um, and, uh, I was a little sad to see that they had died. And I was also surprised that they revealed that so quickly on the third issue. Set up like, this is the long running thing for the story of like protecting his family and maybe someday, um, some sort of reunion. So I I think it's part of it still, you know, that's his motivation for helping out these kids. Yeah. uh, the way that it's revealed also, I think, is a larger part of the narrative. So mm-hmm. when we meet him in issue one, he is protecting the bunker. What happens in this issue is a flashback from before issue one. So he knows he's protecting corpses. Oh. What? What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh? In issue number one, we see him. He built his wall. Mm-hmm. He's protecting a bunker. Yeah. What happens in this issue is a flashback to the first time he met all of those crazy knight and king people from Vegas, who we see in present day scar on his face. So when we first meet him in issue one, he knows that his family is no longer with us. He's just protecting like the bunker still or the remains like he's disillusioned. Doing this thing. Mm, I'm not entirely case. Um, when we see the bunker in the first one, it has not been destroyed. Right? I mean, they just like, the they door like, was just. They, they don't blow up the whole thing. They just blast open the door and they just blast it off the door. its hinges, right? I don't. I, I don't know if it's off its hinges. Ooh, it you just it saw does like say a, now. 
There is a text box that says no oh. when we see well, the, then, the king guy with his face guard. You know, to him. Yeah, like, yes. and, and he's he's the reveal in the in the second issue. Like, go get that uh, son of a yeah. bitch and his got a scar all over his face. Huh. Oh, do you see him with the scar in the issue two? Yes. Uh, so I'm getting. I got the impression that he's even more disillusioned than we thought before because he knows he's protecting just corpses. Yeah. Uh, mm. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Great wrong. book, though. Yeah. I, I'm I'm in. I'm yeah. actually really really into it. Um, the last the last one to talk about today is the Joker presents Puzzle Box number one. So this is interesting. Hmm. Um, it's a digital first. So the solicitation for this book is not until like August or September, the first issue. However, it the first chapter is available digitally. So I mean. It's kind of a head start on a book that comes out later if you guys want to talk about it. Um, so let's let's give the solicitation. Joker presents a puzzle box number one by DC Comics, written by Matt Rosenberg. Sorry, Matthew Rosenberg, with art by Jesus Marino. Uh, it's story time. The GCPD have a mysterious corpse, a magical box, and a murderer's row of the city's most dangerous villains sitting in a jail cell. Now, all they need to figure out is exactly what happened. Fortunately, one suspect is willing to talk. Oh. Unfortunately, it's the Joker. No. So, um, this was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of solic it's solicited as a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing where oh. it's told non-linearly and they invite the audience to be a part of the mystery as it goes along so right off the bat it's not a normal story because our narrator is unreliable our narrator is the joker mm -hmm. and as i was reading it too i'm like is this out of order because it is out of order in a weird way like the first yeah. chapter takes place before the second chapter even though it literally says chapter one and chapter two um, yeah. So I don't know, if, are they going to tell me this story backwards? Is it going to jump back and forward in time? Um, there are some things in this story that are just objectively stupid. <laughs> However, the tone that Matthew Rosenberg kind of creates, it's almost okay because he, I think he knows it's objectively stupid. Like, yeah. why would you put every single A-plus villain in one normal holding cell? Yeah. That's objectively stupid, but it's almost the joke of the book. So I, I, I don't know if that's a knock or if that's like a, I see what you did there. It's, it's, it's weird. This is a very weird book. Um, but I, I think I liked it. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, Brian? Um, I thought, so I hadn't really looked at the cover before and I want to say that it is cool. Like I like that red coming out and it's the puzzle pieces. Um, I, and the book was all right. You know, I mean, it's kind of an interesting hook that the Joker is doing his Jokery retelling of this and the parts that we as longtime comics and Batman fans know are false. You know, where Batman is like, oh, no, I don't I have no problem with you, Joker. It's all these other guys. You know, no, that's fun. Um, his name is Arnold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, you know, I, when we read that Joker comic, I. Uh, a couple of a couple of shows ago, I was surprised at how much I liked it because it just 
villain-centered books are a hard sell. They're just mm. hard to care about sometimes, especially because they often lose. And you're like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of what an interesting exercise to go from the side that you don't normally see. And there's a reason you don't normally see it, you know. Um, this was fine. I, I won't read another issue unless we read it for the show. Well, I won't read another issue even if we read it for the show. Because <laughs> uh, this was boring. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I get the joke of it, you know, and, and haha, some funny bits. Oh, his name is Arnold. Please don't tell, tell him I told you that. It was funny. It was cute. It was whatever. Um, the art is serviceable. I, I usually, if I'm correct, I usually see this name I think usually as the inker for Carlos Pacheco but I could be wrong um, I, I think his inker is usually Marino um, but the art is serviceable it's good I, I shouldn't say serviceable it's good I don't just I don't maybe necessarily flow with the designs like I don't think I don't necessarily like his Joker but there's nothing wrong with his Joker his commission he's a Gordon. regular Joker yeah he's like he's, he's, yeah. He's, yeah he's like a Joker I mean it is Joker what it is classic. Yeah, it, it, it's it just I, I I don't I'm tired of the Joker. I'm just really really I don't tired think I, of. I don't think we've ever heard Joker. you say that before. Can you yeah, elaborate sure you why you're tired of the Joker? <laughs> I'm, I'm just really tired of him. I'm 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 just bored the hell of the Joker. Like there are other like I so wish this was the Riddler. Like and like you know saying that the Joker died as opposed to the reverse. That would be um, rad. Wouldn't and, sell and, though. I wonder if the, the <laughs> thesis of the story would work as well with any villain other than Joker, where you're like, he is. I'm I'm very tired of the Joker too. False. Yeah, but I. I, I mean, to say that it wouldn't sell is true. To say that it wouldn't sell is true, but that doesn't mean that you don't take the shot, especially if That's it's a true. digital first. I, look, you know, I, it's not like you trying to sell this off the shelves. This is you a larger conversation about uh, this is a larger conversation about what I feel is almost the creative defunctness of DC right now, where literally every other book like for for a book that isn't Batman, we get five Batman books. It's like a five to one right. Batman and Joker period across the whole line. And it's just annoying. It's like, I don't want another anthology Batman book. I don't want another Joker book. And that's all that they're doing. So I don't disagree with you there. I just I think I enjoyed that. My 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 bar was hella low. <laughs> and I really, really like this writer. Hmm. So that first scene of what was sitcom level timing and hmm. punchlines for the whole interrogation was enjoyable to read. And then I let it go. I will, so yeah, like, I'll, if we never read the second issue, I probably will never remember it. But was no, this I hard to get through? That your no. favorite DC book right now is Nightwing, a Batman adjacent book. Yeah, I mean, out of yeah. 15 books, uh, one sure, is sure. great. Oh, it doesn't invalidate yeah. your criticism. I just, yeah. you know, I thought it was important information. <laughs> I mean, it was important information if you're attempting to invalidate my criticism, sure. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I didn't think it needed invalidation. It's just so obviously wrong. <laughs> I came back just in time. <laughs> no, you're quite right. You're quite right. There is a glut of Batman stuff in DC. I also think that the other non-Batman books are some of the DC books that I've been enjoying the most over the since the New 52. So I'm happy with with where DC's at right now, but your your point is like extremely valid in my opinion. Anyway. Even even the not even the non-Batman books I'm reading, I they're they're padded with backups that I don't give a shit about to the point where I'm going to yeah, drop that them. that part I don't like. 
Yeah. And and or it's a nine ninety nine anthology that's yeah. half good. So I'm just I'm just yeah. kind of disillusioned with DC's publishing Your effort right being now. Being a dollar more expensive are also a crappy. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right? I, look, I'm for a retailer. I'm sure we're we're not talking about it on the show, but I'm I'm. I'm still reading Justice League, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah, like it is a really enjoyable, fun ass book, mm-hmm. and it is halted to a stop with the backup story yeah. to the point where I almost want to drop it because I'm I don't care to read this extra ten pages. I mean, just, of, I haven't read a single of one. Self, it's but it's yeah, it's just like yeah. <laughs> I, I I I'm so I'm so unencum- I'm so encumbered by the backup story that I want to switch to trades. Uh, oh. That's how annoying it uh, is. You could and just not all along. just not read it. I'm, or I'm that. paying for <laughs> half of a story <laughs> that I don't want to read, and I'll wait till it's just the story I want to read. Hmm. Valid. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a four ninety nine book. Yeah. What if yeah. in the trade paperback, like with the next back trade, the backups are in the trade? <laughs> are they they really? won't be. Yeah. Yeah. As long as uh, I just got all- in in the back and it's not like alternating <laughs> I just got <laughs> main story. paperbacks which comes out this upcoming week and this uh, this a thick boy yeah it is I don't I don't think they will be it, it'll probably be like a, a Justice League dark trade on its own later right. on because because the stories are not connected whatsoever in any way yeah. shape or form yeah I'm not That's into it either the future state thing and there may be an exception for that yeah. purpose I, and I'm, you don't have to adjust my poll list right now. I'm just like, kind of annoyed in general. Well, I mean, there's this gonna happen. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing a sweeping change, a la Len the Bat Trouble. But there's a, there's a good handful of big two books that I'm just gonna like. No, I'm okay. I, I will, I will, I will still support them, but it's gonna be in a different way because some of them are, yeah, some of them are just. They're 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 pushing extras on me that I don't want to pay for. Yeah, and it's weird because that is how comics were for many many years, and I never felt this way when I was you know I, uh, when I was a kid. I always went to the back issue bins trying to find Silver Age stories, and a lot of those had backups. And maybe yeah. it was just that I was different. You know, I also didn't mind as much as a kid picking up part seven of a ten part story and just going from there, but. Uh, you know, they never struck me as as like an extra thing that it, if it wasn't there, you'd either get more of the main story or it would be cheaper kind of deal. You know, I, what was I, the most just, recent? What's the most recent issue of Justice League? Sixty two. It's the cover with all of their hands together. Oh, yeah. Nice cover. Mm. It's a it's it is such a fun book. Like, mm. They yeah. it's it, it's exploring Naomi's past. Um, the the earlier complaint we all kind of had of like everybody from Naomi's universe kind of having a slang or like way too familiar. Yeah. Um, when they go to when they go to that universe multiverse or whatever, it it kind of all fits a little bit more. Like it's not as jarring. Yeah. And then also to the Flash, who I don't know if it's Barry it's Barry Allen, I guess. Um makes makes some uh, mathematical mistakes and it screws up their powers. It's just a really fun ass book. Super yeah. fun. Oh, I think I remember. I read that book. I read that issue. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it is $4.99. Yeah. Instead of $3.99, you 
but the yeah. cover of it is four ninety nine. The regular cover, if 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 it was yeah. the cardstock and, cover, it's five ninety nine. Yes, right. six dollars right. because you got yeah. a different uh, cardstock cover. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why they're doing that. It's awful. Um, I don't know. I you know, maybe in the older stories too, the backups were full story. You know, they were just like That's little clips of the story. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, so I'm kind of saddled with, I mean, we all feel, you know, if I, so if I want to read the Justice League, which I do, I'm saddled with this other thing. That uh, also, too, like, let's say, let's say you love the backup story. Uh, what right. was it? The, the Robin one from a couple months ago carried across other books. That was bullshit. So if you wanted to follow that Robin story, I yeah. got to buy like two other Batman books that I don't yeah. care to read to just follow now, this backup. That might have been because that was an intro to a new ongoing and they were like, we want to catch as many Batman fans as we can. But if, you, but if but. you're reading the first issue of an arc of Detective and you didn't yeah. read Batman 109, but you yeah. got the second issue of, or the second chapter of Robin Eternal or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And that was to clue you in on, yeah. oh, I'm going to go back and do this to do this to prepare for the ongoing that's going to start next month stupid yeah i agree i I believe this is their push to get everybody to switch to trades (laughs) you think so i well i mean (laughs) i love about the throw tv at me no i don't think i don't think jd completely disagrees that it's very it's very inconsistent how they're running their model at dc i think they're just throwing everything at the wall to see what works including these digital firsts. So they'll solicit a new book coming out in August, but then all of a sudden the next week it is available digitally, which is three months before stands. Mm. So it's like, okay, Mm. like they're just trying all of it. Right. Which is not really a bad way to reset your ideas of what you want to do. If there was a sense, if there was a sense of strategic, if there was a sense of strategy behind it or that one that I could understand, then maybe I'd be like, yeah, of course, they're just trying it out. It's and especially since the regime change has 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 turned over like three times in the last 12 months. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if there's a strategy behind it so much as what's making us more money. Just try it all and then get rid of the rest. That's what I that's think what it feels like. Strategy. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's not a strategy, though. That's yeah. that's a just do it all. That's not yeah. that's not strategic. Well, sure it is, because then you prune after you see what is making you more money. You know, so we're just strat- in the beginning of the strategy. I, if that I, is the strategy. I think we define strategy differently. Strategy is uh, planning ahead in order to enact a plan, not let's do it all and see what worked because we financially can do that. Oh, no. See, I see it as that's a not a strategy. That's gathering. That's right? reaction. You shoot it all out there and then you're like, now let us procure the data from as much as Fair. we've got. You know? Fair. Um, I, I think we've bored our co-hosts, but before we leave, does anybody want to talk about um, what's this show called again? Loki? Loki. Loki? Loki. Oh, it was awesome. I hope they Loki, uh, episode one entitled Glorious Purpose, available on Disney Plus, new episodes every Wednesday. Um, so I feel like maybe we could just give a little talkie-talkie on that first episode. <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, who wants to go great. first? I'm going yeah. first. I thought it was great. Um, it was certainly more um, charming, funny, mm. funny, more humorous than the other Marvel shows. Uh, mm-hmm. The last two Marvel shows, um, despite their attempts to be funny, those other shows, this one I actually laughed. Mm. Um, like you know the the visual, 
and they were in sitcoms, right? Which were su- fun. They're supposed to be funny. I did not find the sitcoms to be mildly humorous. Um, whereas this, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought, uh, look, um, Tom Hiddleston is very charming, no matter what yeah. he's doing. He is yeah. super engaging to watch. And it also had a bunch of heart to it. That whole scene where he's watching his own future. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. I thought that was awesome. a great way to like bring him up. Yep. Character wise. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause you kind of, you, you, it could have been very easy for him to just be stuck in the time from which he, he left, you know, yes. when he got the, the Tesseract and everything like that, but to actually have him catch up was pretty dope. Um, I think that this, the stakes at least so far in the series seem a, a lot less um, dire yeah, than say in WandaVision yes. or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which allows it to just be more fun and fanciful and just, you know, just mm-hmm. just have a, a whale of a good time. Um, which is funny because it's like all of creation. Right. What's at stake? Right. Yeah, it does seem less dire. Right. But, exactly. Right. But, um, but it's, it's still pretty cool. It, 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 it was fun. It was well done. It was well crafted. The budget is right there on the screen, which is what would you always like to see? The writing was there. Um, it was funny. There was, there was just really just not a bad moment on there. The whole idea of like, like, you know, using time against you <laughs> just like every time you try to get away I thought that was brilliant I love the scene where he stands up and he gets put he was like I was standing <laughs> like I was standing to make a point yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> much impact now the, um, so I, I agree with all you guys I thought it was it was a it was just a great first episode but it's just a great episode in general the I read an article that brought up a specific point but as a, a derogative like a pejorative but I think it was like the best part of the season or the episode it spent an hour demoralizing and bringing him down a peg yeah to pretty essentially just destroying him for a whole hour to like restart the character and they thought like the article thought that it was a very cruel process and it was unfair to the character and, and I'm like what? no 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 I think that was the brilliant yeah. part of it like the yeah. fact that the the seat like the whole episode just wrecked him and yeah. that was just such a really great place like everything that he put stock in everything that he found powerful everything that he ever cared about or understood about himself and just how the world works gone yeah. So what do you do with that character? And and like it could go either way. And I thought that that was that was just great. And I thought they were ninety percent of her, right? They're like yeah, yeah. opening his mind to the truth that he knows subconsciously. Yeah. Exactly. Ni- you know? Yeah. Ninety percent of the episode too was people talking in an office or in an interrogation room, and it was still more enjoyable than most things. Talking on about things you already know. <laughs> yeah. Still awesome. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like it was. I, I will I can watch I think I can watch Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson just kind of talk through the phone book or yeah. a, or a or a takeout menu. Yeah. yeah. Do you know they I for an hour they were in um, Midnight in Paris together. I always forget that Tom Hiddleston is in that because I didn't know who he was at the time. Hmm. He plays F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, I've never oh, ever seen it. Oh, it's a really really good movie. I highly recommend it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't even realize until you just said it. 
acting takes place in like the interrogation room for the most part. Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. kill it was great because it was talking about I like the whole idea because the, the the tearing down of the character because it's it's breaking through his idea of himself as a god mm-hmm. as well as breaking through the concept of Loki as a part of mythology mm. to really break him down to like you are just this dude in front of me right now. Yeah. Oh, this is where you are. Well, also like um, the sh- uh, Mobius essentially makes the point that your glorious purpose is to make others mm. better. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Time and time again, your glorious purpose is to make better people than you shine. And that is just fucking crushing. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it, whether you're a, a god or just like a mailman, that is fucking crushing. And it was just, it was, it was just really good. It's really I like good. How he reuses the line, you know, where he's like, "Oh, fear is done to," and I forget the line, but you know, to cover up weakness. To you know, he's accusing Mobius of being like mm-hmm. this, and that is his self-realization afterwards. We think he always has known. But yeah. he never really said it aloud. Uh, also, too, like no, knowing he can't go back. Like yeah. there's no, there's nothing mm. for me. Yeah, right. no it's reset. Just, yeah, Seeing it's a really good play out too. It's like, oh, I always thought that. Well, the next, the next scheme would turn out, and I saw it all, and it did. You know, yeah. two, uh, two things. One, they once again define the origin or predate the Marvel Cinematic Universe. With a multiversal war, yeah. and the timekeepers yeah. developing the stream and keeping it in, like in check, which is guys, secret wars. Anyone? Anyone at all? Oh yeah. Um, and then two. Uh, I forgot my second point. This is a wonderful show. Uh, yeah. The only thing I kind of am a little iffy on is their explanation of Endgame and the. Ah, oh, well, no, it was okay for the Avengers to do all that. And it's okay that oh, we're, and we're, it's okay that um, Nebula is from another timeline and we're going to keep her around. And, um, well, remember, it? no, it's, it's just not whatever Nebula. the timekeepers want. That's what I'm yeah, saying. You know, well, but that's what that's I'm saying. It's the main points of the show is that Loki's like, well, who, who are they? It's right. just what you decide should happen is what happens. Who wants to yeah. I guess. Yeah. Essentially, um, yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna let oh. Steve Steve Rogers live through his timeline again. I don't. Know, it just that just seemed like out of place. But mm. I have to admit that the show's not over; it has just begun. Right, and right. And we may touch upon those things uh, in the in the upcoming season. That was that was one of the first things I thought too when they explained the whole variant thing, it, which was uh, again just almost a a, a retelling of the chosen one talking about variants and timelines when she's talking to Banner in Endgame. Oh. <laughs> um, it was the same thing. It matched up, but then I thought, like, well, they fucked with it and put everything back. Were they allowed to? And then, like, the next moment in the show, there was like, yeah, they they were supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do this, so right. yeah. quit being an asshole. Because he's Probably the yeah. TVA also destroyed the variants that the Avengers created when they went yeah. back. They're just yeah. cool with the 
which is point in time they do this you know the story purpose the story purpose of the tva too is to anything that you might want to question as a fan they just went and took care of it yeah everything like all of the all of the butterflies that the avengers stepped on the tva quickly just kind of came back and cleaned it up because they had to keep their mission Oh, also that was Tara Strong. I read. Yes, yeah, and, doing um, the explanation in that in that video. Oh, also, moments that I loved was the um, the robot. You know, like to my knowledge, could I be a robot and not know? <laughs> He's like worried about going through. And uh, when Mobius sees him at the end and he's got the Tesseract and he's like, have you tried to use that? He's like, oh, several times. You know, it was just like a fun, just cool interaction between the two of them. Do you guys think, so they, they, they reveal at the end of the episode, spoilers, whatever, um, that this uh, variant that's killing off everyone is a Loki variant. Mm. Very, very confidently. Mm. Um. I think I, I have a feeling of what it is, who it is, if it is a Loki, but do you think it's a Loki? Well, that's the thing, right? They tell us it's a Loki. They tell us who it is, and then they're like, we're going to show you a cape. We're going to show you like a shadow yeah. of a hood. Well, I think it's I think it's a lady Loki. Yeah, I was a little dope. worried that it is. You worried? Know? Worried? Worried because it's the villain, you know? And that the gender fluidity of Loki is like, apparently, I didn't see this myself, but it's apparently listed in his yeah. like bio. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, if the differentiation is that female Loki is bad, I, I haven't seen it. I hopefully they'll handle it well. Well, hold on. Male Loki is bad until something happens to him, right? Until he, oh, until sure. he goes through a process to not be bad. Sure, sure. But yeah, I was just a little worried that they're, they're like evil Loki rather than just kind of like scamp Loki was going to be that. Yeah. The last time we saw female Loki in the comics was during Dark Siege. Yeah. Uh, the end of Straczynski's run, the start of Dark Reign around Siege time, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's got precedent. But then I almost feel like the the little girl points at the stained glass of the devil or a demon with mm-hmm. horns, and then yeah. the audience kind of like, "Ooh, it's a Loki! Look at the horns!" But it, maybe it's more literal than that. It's Mephisto. Like, it's Mephisto. Is it Mephisto? <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I wish I wish that was a, a response to fans, but it's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No, because this was this was filmed Dirty long North. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did for a second think Mephisto, and then they were the horns, and I was like, oh, of course, Loki also wears the horns. So that makes sense. Yeah. But it was I a think good, it's it was a good a great start. Yeah, really, yeah. really great. I'm really. Um, and I, you know, we went through a thing where bingeable television happens, and it still happens every so often, but I am much, much more into the station of a new episode. Then it's fun sitting. to talk about in between, too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we got Anthony a question Dra- from Anthony D. Yep. Sorry. Anthony Drago says, guys, question. How did this Loki know the Avengers time-traveled? He only knows cool about the events too. of the first Avengers movie. Uh, well, so he figured out that there were two Tony Starks there at one time because of the scent of Tony's cologne. Yeah. And he That's was like, right. you know, he figured it out. He was like... Uh, That's right. 
an Asgardian that there's super science and all that kind of stuff. So he was like, oh, they must have time traveled because I was about to ascend to God King status. Yeah. And they wanted to stop me. Uh, which is also not the case. Also, a totally different direction than I thought this was going to go. I think that anybody did. You know, we thought this was going to be like multiversal. This is a different Loki and a different thing. I think that's interesting. Well, that, yeah. Now it's now it's um, expendable Loki tracking down other expendable Loki. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. As uh, far as procedurals go. Hmm. All right. Anything else before we jet? No, just I miss your faces, and oh. it's starting to hurt, so I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Oh, good luck passing it, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Don't sign off, though. No. Oh, no, we signed off. I'm not going anywhere. I didn't go yet. No. We oh, have I to, didn't... like... Don't we have to officially sign off? We do. Yeah. I don't know where he's running. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that, man. Oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. Uh, on the broken old man hour. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's funny because you know comedy equals tragedy plus time. <laughs> but now we're remembering Brian saying, "Go outside. You don't know who's matching." <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should I think we should um, send this episode to Emmy consideration. How does that work? Is there a podcast awards? Yeah, there are. We got this. Yeah. We got this. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. Be sure to to uh, comment, like, subscribe, join us in all the ways that we engage with everybody. Um, uh, my name is Noel. Uh, with us this week has been Len the Bat Tribble. Hello. Yeah, he went at Bat Tribble. There you go. Uh, Brian, where can people find you? Oh, I'm at brianleebdesign.com or brianleebdesign at gmail.com if you want to write me an email. Um, For whatever reason. Uh, uh, <laughs> Other than that, join us every Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, anywhere that you stream and enjoy your content or or uh, where you listen to podcasts. We have been the Cold Pop Podcast. Uh, spoiler alert, we will see you guys next week um, and or on the social medias. Thanks for everything. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.